0: Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pats Pulpit Podcast. The bye week is over. The Patriots are back in the stadium getting ready to take on the Jets. But before we get to all that, there's a lot to go through because while the Patriots were off this past week, the NFL continued to roll on. Rich Hill, how was your bye week?
1: Oh, it was beautiful. It went by too quickly. It went by way too quickly. But this was the perfect part of the season for the bye week, if I'm being quite honest. I just, It's it's ideal, right? It's, it's not like it's a week four where you're like, I don't even know what this team is. I feel like I can relax with the Patriots because they needed a break Quite clearly, they need to take some time off. I did, too. So I'm happy to be back on the grind, ready for the, the final push, because the, the real blogging starts after Thanksgiving.
0: That's true, Rich. We're going to be full and happy and getting ready for the late November, early December playoff push. Tons of stuff happened in the NFL during Week 11 while the Patriots were home enjoying the bye. Unfortunately, however, buddy, none of them those things really went New England's way. The Steelers pulled out a last-minute victory over the Jaguars. They looked terrible for about three and three-quarters of the game, and then all of a sudden they pulled it out. The Ravens beat the Bengals. The Texans beat the Redskins. The Broncos beat the Chargers. Pretty much every game that could have gone New England's way didn't this week. Yeah, it's true.
1: And part of me, I mean, right now we're recording this as the Chiefs and the Rams are playing on Monday Night Football. So hopefully this will break the streak of how everything else has played out. But – Yeah, it just was not a great week for the Patriots. In my mind, the way that I go for my Patriots rooting guide is that I'm looking at the Bengals and the Ravens as a primary game because which team do I want to make the postseason? I'd rather the Bengals make it because I think they would choke every single time, especially when you compare it to the Ravens, who I absolutely don't want to see. And now they're both tied, I think, with five and five records. So that's not a great sign of anything. And then I wanted the Jaguars to win because, you know, Steelers are neck and neck with the Patriots for that first round bye. Now they're ahead of the pack. Same with the the Texans. I know that the Patriots have a game in hand because they won the head-to-head in week one, but they, you know, we're lucky that the, that Washington missed the last second field goal. In order to hold on to that victory, meanwhile, the Chargers were not so lucky. The Broncos connected on that, and uh, the Chargers lost, and I wanted the Chargers to win because I want them to take down the Chiefs in the AFC West because it'd be so much easier to play in front of you know New England Patriots fans that I'm sure are full in Los Angeles as opposed to none of the Chargers fans as you compare it to playing at the Arrowhead, which would be an absolute nightmare for this Patriots team. So nothing went right for them. Hopefully this Monday night football game will turn out in the Patriots' favor, and next week should be even better, but this week 11 was kind of brutal for New England.
0: It was. On the plus side, they got some much-needed rest. Injured guys who were banged up got some extra days off. The coaching staff was able to get back to the drawing board, fix some issues. Gronkowski looks like he'll be good to go against the Jets coming up this Sunday. So while the NFL did not go New England's way, I'm sure the coaching staff took some valuable time and reassessed the team a little bit, looked at things through 10 weeks, and and made sure that then when that final push does come – to be as ready as possible.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Shaq Mason should be returning to the field soon as well. Uh, Edelman should hopefully be healthier with his ankle injury. Trent Brown with his back and his illness that he has been battling. I know Dwayne Allen is still another week or two away from returning, but any additional health for him is good. Duke Dawson, Rex Burkhead. I know Burkhead's not eligible to return until after the Vikings game, but he's inching back as well. So it was a much-needed break for the Patriots, just as much as it was for us. Uh, Sony Michelle, I'm sure, is getting even, even more healthier and ready to go and hopefully 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 this Patriots team is ready to go for the final stretch because they need to win most of their games in order to get that first round bye, especially on the road against the Steelers in week 15 they have a lot of work left to do um but before we talk about that we will probably talk about that on our Thursday podcast I think it's good you know it was the bye week after all to do some reflection let's look back at the first 10 weeks of the season Patriots went seven and three which is very very respectable I know typically they kind of go 8-2 and two if they're going to the Super Bowl. I believe there's only been one year, one or two years, where they've been 7-3 and three or worse, and they've reached the Super Bowl. One of them was, of course, that 2001 season where they were 5-5. Five and five. Then I believe also in the 2011 season they were 7-3 and three as well. Every other time they've reached the Super Bowl, they've been 8-2 and two or better. Uh, but, you know, they're still in a fine position when you look at all of it. When you look over the, the first 10 weeks of the season, Alec, Uh, let's go through some superlatives
0: here. All right. I like it. Yeah. Who who was your offensive MVP through 10 weeks? I'm glad you asked me first, Rich. That allows me to have the absolute layup answer of James White as offensive MVP. I don't think it's even close. James White has carried this team. He's been Brady's favorite target. He's moved the chains. He's been the guy that Brady in a somewhat inaccurate year by Tom Brady standards, at least is the one he goes to on the check down and the out routes. He's a good blitz pickup guy. There was a period a couple weeks ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but James White was hobbled a little bit, and he limped off the field, and every single Patriots fan held their breath and thought to themselves, if James White goes down, this season is over. And that sentiment alone means he's my runaway favorite for offensive MVP. Oh, that's a super easy choice.
1: I mean, I, I have to say, absolutely, it is James White. If I were to choose anyone else on this roster, it doesn't really work. I mean, of course, you got the Brady as the option. That's a really easy, clear, and away one. But you look at everyone else, I mean, Edelman was suspended for the first four games. Josh Gordon wasn't with the team, and he's been up and down. I know there's more up than down so far, uh, but he hasn't been here for the whole time. Same with Rob Gronkowski, he's been injured and ineffective for a lot of the year. Chris Hogan's been a ghost, and no one else is really worth talking about too much. You look at the offensive line, I know Marcus Cannon's been injured and missing time. David Andrews, maybe. I mean, I don't know who's the best and most consistent offensive lineman that they've had. Shaq Mason's missed some time with his calf injury. Trent Brown has missed time as well. You know, he's been in and out with that illness and his back thing as well. I believe Joe Tooney is the last man standing for playing every single offensive snap, but that might not even be true. I could be wrong. Uh, And so there really isn't an outstanding player on this offense other than james white very clear easy choice he has 10 touchdowns that's more than double the number two spot with sony and michelle with four uh he has more yards almost 800 yards from scrimmage michelle is second 484 and the fact that your top two yard getters are your running backs shows that this is how the patriots offense is really funneling is through the backs as opposed to through tom brady not necessarily his in fault at all because you know those as we said those receivers have been in and out but this has been the james white show it's been a very clear and obvious transition that white is this heart of the offense with he how he goes the patriots go he was non-existence against the titans it was very very evident by how the offense struggled he needs to be there hopefully he'll be fully ready to go for the second half of the season but james white very very clear and easy pick for offensive mvp
0: Well, Rich, you gave me first crack at offensive MVP, which I appreciate. I will return the favor, give you first crack at defensive MVP through 11 weeks. Who you got? Oh, this is – a little more difficult.
1: It's a debate between two. I'm only going to mention one because I want to see what you think, but I'm going to go with Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is the best defender on the Patriots. Uh, he leads the, or He's second on the team with two and a half sacks. He's behind Dietrich Wise, who's just been a sack monster. Well, Flowers missed one game. It was very, very apparent how much they missed him. It was against the Detroit Lions. He also was concussed against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars pretty early on, and it was incredibly evident how much this Patriots team relies on Trey Flowers. So not only is he the best player, the entire defense changes whether or not he's available. He goes after the quarterback. He's great against the run. He makes all the plays. He allows other players around him to make plays. Without Trey Flowers, this Patriots defense is in a lot of trouble. So for that reason, I say Trey Flowers is the defensive MVP.
0: That's a good answer, Rich, and I'm guessing your other player is Stephon Gilmore, uh, who I would mention. Even though it did not play in an MVP caliber against the uh, Titans – as the rest of the year, he's been absolutely lights out, alone on an island against some very, very good receivers and done some wonderful things. He's really settling into his role as a number one cornerback in this defense. Absolute all-star. Really allowed Jason McCordy to shine. Really allowed the safeties to sign, just sign. That secondary revolves around Stephon Gilmore. So you go with Trey Flowers. Great pick. And I'm going to go with Gilmore because I think he is the anchor of that secondary, just as Trey Flowers is the anchor of that uh, defensive line.
1: Oh, I like that too. I mean, Gilmore, I've been singing his praises all year. He's been that bona fide number one defensive back, cornerback, that the Patriots always need if they're going to make a Super Bowl run, whether it's been that Ty Law, Sante Samuel, Darrell Rivas type. They always have one of them. Stephon Gilmore absolutely deserves to be considered in that same category for how he's been playing this year. Um, On to the next one, Alec. Let's go for another superlative in a good way. Who is the most
0: surprising player on the Patriots this year? That's a good question. I mean, there's an answer I I want to give, but I don't know if i necessarily define it as a surprise. Uh, I guess I'll make my case for a surprise and see if you can shut me down or not. Uh, I'm going to go with James Devlin. Um, not in that he's he's not reliable because he always is not in that he's a really good fullback and that he always is but I think that James Devlin has proven himself as maybe the third most important of the Patriots offense behind James White and Tom Brady this season not only in his blocking assignments if you watch the way that Cordero Patterson in emergency duty basically just follows James Devlin he's emerged as a receiving threat he's motioning onto the line as a tight end an emergency blocker if they need to they're really expanding his role in that offense and he's a player no Nobody really knows about because he's a he's a fullback he's jimmy Neckroll. but <laughs> what he's been able to do to the run game for rookie sony michelle what he's been able to do for the core daryl pattersons and the trick plays he's such a reliable guy out there that nobody knows about and it's players like that those lunch pail players that belichick covers the most so while he's not a, a shock in any stretch of the imagination that Devlin's doing well i think the caliber to which he's playing and the responsibility he's taken on and shined in he gets my nod
1: Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I mean, he's already had 14 targets through 10 games. It's already a career high for him. I know it's never a good sign when he's relied on to be a receiver, but the fact that they're putting him out there in that position means that he's proven to the coaching staff time and time again that he deserves to be out there. Love how you said that he's out there for Cordero Patterson, making it super easy for him. Every single single player and coach will be singing Devlin's praises because he does contribute so much to that offense. He is such an integral part of that rushing game. I like that. Uh, my pick, going to go a little differently uh, I want to say Josh Gordon, even though it's like kind of gimme. The big surprise isn't that he's doing well; it's the fact that he's on the team in the first place. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, where my big surprise is Lawrence Guy, where he nice. has been an outstanding defensive tackle for the Patriots. You rarely see him make the incorrect move and in a year where so many other players are making head scratching decisions or aren't playing up to their previous levels as expected Lawrence Guy has elevated his play to another level he's clearly not able to do it on its own on his own because he's a defensive tackle and there's only so much they can do in the Patriot system but he's fantastic against the run He's shown an ability to get after the quarterback now and again, which is huge, is what the Patriots really need out of their defensive tackles. He has four quarterback hits ranks fourth on the team behind three defensive ends and Wise, Claiborne, and Flowers, so Guy is generating a lot up the middle. I was not expecting him to do that this year. I was mostly expecting Malcolm Brown and Danny Shelton to be the top two guys and for Lawrence Guy to be a rotational piece, but from what we've seen through 10 games, Lawrence Guy is head and shoulders better than those other defensive tackles, more reliable, more consistent, and that was a big surprise for me.
0: You know, I like that, in this, especially in the fact that Lawrence Guy is a very typical, classic Belichick guy. Kind of a, a team cast off elsewhere, rotated into the Patriots system, and has shown because Belichick knows how to get the most out of his guys. Good work for Guy. Guy's your guy, and I like that Guy's your guy. <laughs> How about the other way around, Rich? we talked about surprising players that have done well for the team and have really helped us out and and surprised us in a good way. Are there any players in the Patriots that have surprised you but in a negative way? So who's your, I guess, biggest disappointment in 2018?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I touched a little bit on the Malcolm Brown uh, decline from what I've seen, but the biggest disappointment for me has to be Chris Hogan. Uh, I mean, for the first four weeks of the season, he was asked to step up where Julian Edelman was suspended. He wasn't able to do that. He lost his playing time to Josh Gordon. When Gronkowski was hurt, Hogan didn't have a really good opportunity to take on some of the targets, even though they were available. It kind of seems like Brady's lost his trust in Chris Hogan, where he's just no longer looking his direction. I mean, Hogan has been an absolute ghost In this Patriots offense, I had very high expectations for him coming into this year because it seemed like over the past two years, he had not only a really good rapport with Tom Brady, but even last year when he lost snaps to Brandon Cooks as that deep threat, the role was wide open for him to take advantage of it. And it's just not there. So it's just a big disappointment for what Hogan's been able to do. I don't know if he's battling an injury. I don't know if maybe Tom Brady's just hasn't felt entirely comfortable behind the offensive line for whatever reason. Maybe he just misses Gronk a lot. For whatever the reason, the Brady to Hogan connection has been non-existent this year, and that's my biggest disappointment.
0: Yeah, tough to argue with that. I really thought Hogan, he's my X Factor a couple times, and I really thought he'd he'd step up, especially in those first four weeks with Edelman out as a deep threat or whatnot, but he's done absolutely nothing. That's a great pick. Uh, I would have picked that as well, but since you already took him, I'm going to go with Derek Rivers on the other side of the ball. I know he was coming off an injury, and he's still not fully integrated into the defense, but he was New England's first pick. When they when they drafted him, and he's been an absolute ghost. He's back in. I think he has one tackle so far on the year. Yep. He hasn't gotten that much playing time, but still, you get a guy that, like Derek Rivers with that talent. He's been basically upended by Dietrich Wise, who was the the second pick they made. I don't know. I just, I, just, I just see Rivers is probably on his way out the door. Yet another second round draft bust of the Sean Crable variety. I don't know. I just I just was hoping for more Derek Rivers this year. Maybe I'm being too harsh on him because he's coming off that, that, that surgery and that injury, but I really want to see more out of him this year, and he just hasn't delivered.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I know he has been dealing with injuries, but he's been a healthy scratch. There's been plenty of opportunities for him to crack that rotation. I know that's like kind of a high expectation, but he's been behind Keontae Davis. He's been behind John Simon. Those are players that the Patriots have been playing ahead of him. I know that they'll they let Geno Grissom go as opposed to to letting Derek Rivers go just because You know, they want to see what Rivers can do, maybe keep him around for another year. But it seems like this is very clearly a redshirt season. And when you compare that to what happened with Trey Flowers, remember Trey Flowers missed his rookie season with a serious injury, you know, after one game. Trey Flowers came back in his sophomore year, had, you know, seven sacks, 14 quarterback hits. He was a very, very active part of that Patriots rotation in 2016 as they won the Super Bowl Definitely not getting that out of James Devlin. So, yeah, absolutely a little bit disappointing there. Uh, one more question for you, Alec. Maybe uh, i let you brainstorm a bit on this one. Of all the new acquisitions that the Patriots have had this year, so whether it's Josh Gordon, Cordero Patterson, uh, you can throw in uh, Jason McCordy, all of these new players that the Patriots have added. You can throw Adrian Claiborne into the mix. Who has been your favorite? Who has been your favorite addition to this Patriots team
0: that's a veteran? A uh, favorite addition in that, like, guys I like, or a favorite addition in terms of best contributor to the team? Uh, you know, potato,
1: like, a little bit of both, a little bit of both.
0: All right, that's fair. The guy, the, my favorite acquisition is just Cordero Patterson, just because he's exciting, he's fun to watch, he's a gadget player, he gets the reception or the, the receiving or the kickoff, and you never know what's going to happen, he can cut one and break it. It's an electric moment when he has the ball. But in terms of my favorite signing or acquisition they made just based on what i've said about him earlier in the season and the 180 i have to pull the apology tour i have to keep going on adrian claiborne i really think you look at him and you look deep into his game tape he's been a game changer along that defensive line not a lot of stats But really good push, really good way to move the blocker. He moves the line. He opens up the linebackers and the DB blitzes. I think that Claiborne's really come into his own. I'm not going to compare him to a Vince Wilfork kind of guy, but Wilfork didn't show up on stats sheets either because that wasn't really his job. I think Adrian Claiborne's really done a lot for himself, made a great case for himself staying on his team as an anchor of that defensive line. Really enjoy what he brings to the table.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm surprised I didn't go the Josh Gordon route. That's a very, very easy one to be super excited on. But uh, for me, I'm always going to nerd out when I get to see both Jason and Devin McCordy on the field at the same time. I think it's fantastic that a pair of identical twins are playing with each other in the secondary. I'm just waiting for Bill Belichick to do the, the big old switcheroo where he <laughs> puts one McCordy instead of the other. Sets up a nice little interception for whoever's in the secondary, but... I love seeing Jason McCourty. I know that it had to come at the expense of Eric Rowe getting injured, but Jason McCourty's kind of been the big surprise acquisition of the Patriots for this entire year, just from playing at a low key high level. And I know that the responsibilities aren't as great as what Stefan Gilmore has had to do, mostly covering the number one guy for the opposition. And that's why, you know, I, I think other players kind of stand out more in their first year with the team. But McCourty's been an exceptionally reliable number two cornerback. I hope that the Patriots extend him. It's great to have him around. I don't know if maybe Jason and Devin have switched bodies a little bit because it seems like Devin's been having a little bit more of a down year than used to. But I love seeing both of them out there at the same exact time. It's beautiful to see. I'm so happy for, for their mom. You know, that's, that's great that her jersey can be the same type all the time now. Uh, but yeah, Jason McCourty my big favorite addition
0: to the team. I'm guessing the answer is yes, but you never know. Is there an actual NFL rule that says you can't dress one player up as another player and, and swap them out? There has to be, right? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, maybe they got to
1: report them or something like that. Hasn't like report them as eligible. Got to have Devin <laughs> report in. Hey, I'm actually Jason, guys. I'm, I'm Jason. Please respect that.
0: Well, if the Patriots use that trick to beat the Ravens, it'll be illegal this time next year. So I guess you shouldn't worry about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's been a great 10 weeks of the season so far. Uh, hopefully the Patriots can close out six more games. It'll be great for them pretty favorable schedule they're on the road against the jets after the bye they host the minnesota vikings they're on the road back to back against the dolphins and steelers and they close out at home with the bills and the jets we will be breaking down the upcoming game against the jets on our thursday podcast and so until then alec do you have any
0: final thoughts if i don't talk to you before then everybody have a wonderful thanksgiving and eat a lot of turkey oh absolutely until next time alec you have a good one see you bud later